Hello, everyone. Welcome to another edition of Splash Play, one that we're really excited for, another live episode. So we're here for you guys in that same way. But we have probably our biggest guest ever, of course, besides my co-host, Peter Overzet. How are you doing, Pete? Why Why do you say probably? <laughs> I thought maybe, you know, people like Arif, people like, people like uh, um, who else have we got? Brick? I feel like Brick's pretty big in the DFS. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think you might have undershot the uh, the probably there by uh, 900,000 Twitter followers. Um, yes, very excited to, uh, to have Matthew Berry. He is going to be joining us here in about 10 or so minutes. Uh, yeah, we got a wild card preview for you guys. We're going to do some ride or die picks. And uh, what else are we cooking up, Spags? Well, we have some fun segments for Matthew. We're going to wait for him to get on here. But yeah, this is our our live show here. ESPN's Matthew Berry will be joining us in a little bit. But we wanted to get a little warmed up here first, do one of our usual bits to kind of get into the mindset. I know, Pete, you're a fitness guy. I do the Peloton. And on the Peloton, there's always a warm-up session before you start here, where you do like a, a ramp up. You do some, oh, get your cadence up, get some fast pedaling going. That's what this segment's going to be. But before we hit that, if you're new here or you're back for the fourth fifth time who knows how many times make sure you hit that like button and subscribe we're gonna have content going throughout the playoffs as well as in the offseason probably a little bit less so but still gonna be doing some fun things to make sure we're we're keeping touch with you guys so make sure you hit that like button and subscribe and of course subscribe on apple Podcasts. give us five stars and a review and follow at splash play pod on twitter and instagram we are following back the first thousand people on twitter and instagram so if you just want a free follower or to see when we have special shows like this one coming up you can find out on our twitter and instagram Instagram at Splash Play Pod. But Pete, it's your favorite segment of the week here. Numbers don't lie. And this is just a playoff edition. And you know the rules. Three interesting stats. Pete has to guess which of the two are true and which one is false. Are you ready here, Pete? In our little warm-up session, maybe get those shoulders loose here. Feel ready to go. Yeah, although I am a little distracted because I'm now picturing which instructors Spags would select for the Peloton. And I bet you have some big, busty Brazilians leading you through these workouts. <laughs> do you Do you do the Peloton? I haven't. No. Okay. So it's, um, I actually use the fellas. I find that the, the guys better for me. I do power zone training, which is a scientific approach to things and they treat you like you're an athlete. So that's what I go for. I don't, I'm there for, for work, Pete. I'm not there for fun and game <laughs> yeah, okay. and, and, and jacking. You just, uh, you struck me as a guy who, uh, might mix uh, business with pleasure on the Peloton bike. So, uh, consider me surprised. We might have our guests though, to join us for numbers. Don't lie. Ooh. The, the hey. fast one here, welcome on board. ESPN's Matthew Barry. He needs no introduction. I've called him the iconic Matthew Barry. But how are you doing, Matthew? Welcome to Splash Play. I'm good. I'm just trying to figure out what's what's my best angle here. <laughs> when you don't have a lot of hair and you're older, angles are important. If you kind of just put point your shoulder and kind of look sassy, that normally that? takes the best. That yeah, good? that's perfect. That's the dad angle for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, really nice ceilings you got there, Matthew. I have big ceilings. I have, I have yeah. large ceilings. A lot of people comment on my ceilings. I don't yeah, know you know what? It's not, a, it's not a size contest, but yes, my ceilings hey. are big. You know what they say about guys with big ceilings, Matthew? I do. I do indeed. And it's true. It's 100% true. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Um, let, let's get into some of the stuff here. We, Matthew, you're, you're now on board here. We're going to do our one of our traditional segments, but let's talk to you first here. And actually, I wanted to share one thing with you, Matthew. Of course, people should be following you at Matthew Barry TMR. But I know there's been, you know, sort of a I wouldn't say a debate, but, um, you know, different schools of thought where you're appealing a lot to the casual season long players. I know you started some products trying to get more into the daily fantasy world. And I want to share a message from you from one of my guys here who works with me at Osmo. He's now a Rin Pack, one of the top 
15 players in the world in terms of earnings, according to Roto Grinders. And he sent me a DM because he was, uh, I guess, surprised and impressed that we we're having you on the show. He said one of his fondest sixth grade moments was when Matthew Berry and then host Nate Ravitz read off his email on the show. He drafted three QBs and Brady Palmer and Hasselbeck. And then Brady ended up having his career year with Randy Moss in part because of you guys. And this guy literally now making hundreds of thousands of dollars playing DFS. So, so Matthew, that's a pretty big cosign. You're like the gateway drug to get these guys into big earnings. Well, I appreciate that. Um, I think that's the first nice thing somebody from Osimo has ever said about me. So that's, <laughs> that's exciting. Um, I'm friendly with Alex, though. I, I mean, listen, I, I get along fine with Alex. Um, that's not true, actually. There've been a, there've been a number of Osimo guys that have that have reached out and either privately or publicly said nice things. So I've just whatever. It's easy joke. But uh, tell that to, tell your friend. Um, thank you very much. I'm glad. Yeah, you know what? I mean, it's interesting. You know, I don't know if this is where you want to go with this, but uh, that is true. It's, it's uh, I think sometimes, you know, for people that are critics of me, and there are certainly plenty of them, that's one of the criticisms. Now, make no mistake, it's not the only criticism. There's lots of criticisms. We could spend the whole hour kind of, you know, diving into all of them. But I think that is one of the, one of the you know, like, I don't think you mentioned it as an insult bags, and I, I certainly don't take it as an insult, but I do believe that's, when people try to insult me, that's one of the reasons, that's one of the ways they try to insult me is like, oh, he's for casual players. He's for mm-hmm. noobs. He's a he's a gateway drug. He's a starter. He's only for like 10-team leagues, whatever, and blah, 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 blah. And he'd get his ass kicked if he played DFS and all this stuff. And, you know, I mean, it's it's sort of, it's. I'm always fascinated by that as, a, as an insult, right? Because first off, there's a lot more casual players than anything else right i mean like i'm not embarrassed by you know by what by what i do like i'm of the belief that fantasy football should be fun right that's sort of my mantra it's it's a it's a it's something we do to enjoy ourselves right we we um and and it's a hobby ultimately it's a hobby hobbies should be fun and so and you know and obviously i work for espn where our standard league is a 10 team league and so you know so I guess people are upset at me because I do my job, right? My job is to promote season long 10 team leagues on ESPN, which is our bread and butter. And they're, by the way, and I think this is a, I'll turn this into something beyond just me. I think this is a problem with the DFS industry. I think it's a problem with the fantasy industry, but I think it's specifically a problem in the DFS industry. I think it's a problem in, in the sports gambling industry to an extent as well. And and I wish people that are listening to this that are content creators of their own would understand that, which is that, like, we should be a welcoming tent, right? That we should be, we should, we should, as a group, as an industry, we should want more people playing fantasy sports in any way, shape, fashion, or form as they can, right? We, I mean, we want... Um, you know, like I always joke, I'm not going to rest until every man, woman, and child plays some form of fantasy sports. And the way you get people under the tent and playing them and playing is by not talking down to them, not trying to, you know, you know, talk about your, your algorithms and your plus EV plays on Twitter. Right. It's like, Hey, this is what's fun about it. And here's an easy way for you to try it for the first time. And oh, by the way, if you lose, you're not stupid. You're not a moron. You know what I mean? Like, I don't understand the people on Twitter that insult 
that insult their loot, their users, their followers, people that don't follow them, that insult other content creators. I just don't get that. You know what I mean? Because it's just like, ultimately, we're all in this together in terms of an ecosystem. And I'm a big believer in, you know, rising tide floats all boats. Yeah. And, you know, so it's it's sort of, that's sort of been my take. Um, yeah, it's a know, bizarre phenomenon too because it, I, you see it happen in poker too where someone makes a quote-unquote bad play and you berate them. It's like, well, first of all, it benefits you if other people are making bad plays. It means you could maybe make more money and also just be nice. You want more people to play poker. We want more people to play fantasy. So I am uh, in 100% in agreement with you on that. And yeah. I'm back. So here, I missed some of the soapboxing. But to be clear, I don't say casual disparagingly because honestly, Pete and my goal, and we're now getting inside baseball a little more than we intended. But, um, you know, like we wanted this to be a show for casuals. And, you know, we talked to Matthew earlier in the season, try to, you know, just generally about things are about our approach. And, uh, you know, I love DFS. I love playing. I love playing every slate, every Sunday, as Pete knows well. And, um, you know, to me, it's more about again, getting more people in the ecosystem, getting more people who are excited about it and also making the casual players smarter, because I do think the FS people who are playing every slate are very sharp, but I also think casual players like with sports betting being everywhere, people just want to know and, and know better. And, and your column for years has been putting that data together and making people, you know, think about things a little differently. And I, I give you a ton of credit for it. I, I've followed you since I was little and I know that there's a lot of people who are, whether they would admit it or not. But I, I appreciate, I appreciate the backhanded way of saying I'm old. Um, <laughs> so thank you. And I am, uh, but yeah, like, I just don't, I just don't get it. Like, from a general standpoint, no one likes to feel stupid. No one likes to feel stupid. And listen, I've, you know, to this day, I beat myself up over plays. Why did I play that guy instead of that guy? Why did I, why did I miss that piece of analysis? Why did I, I overthought that? And, you know, so no one feels, wants to feel stupid. And, and, you know, when you play fantasy sports, it's an easy way to feel stupid, right? Because of just like we, we play a game with, you know, with an oblong shaped ball made of leather, like weird shit's going to happen. Right. And, and so, you know, I, I just feel like that trying to, you know, come over the top on that and make fun of people, uh, you know, or make them feel stupid or that they're not smart, that they don't understand all the, you know, all the sort of the inside baseball, you know, that kind of stuff. And like, you know, like, and people are talking about, I, I know this seems like really dumb for your audience. Right. But like when you, somebody logs onto the Twitter for the first time, and they're like, oh, I'm going to try. I've seen all these DraftKings commercials and all these FanDuel commercials, and I want to try it. And so they're like, oh, who should, you know, and they Google DFS and they come up with a few people and that people are talking about, you know, stacks. And I want to, you know, I'm, I'm going to stack uh, whatever. I'm going to stack uh, Brady, Godwin, and, and Gronk, and I'm going to run it back with McLaurin. And you're like, wait, what does that mean? You know what I mean? And like, and so, and, and yeah, and right. And, you know, uh, plus EV or even when it, we get just gambling, like, I'm, you know, whatever. I'm going to, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm buying the points and that parlay is a sucker's bet. And you're just like, I don't know, man. I, I, I just think the Ravens kill them. How do I put 20 <laughs> bucks on the Ravens? Like, I, like, I don't think people appreciate how many people in the world are like that. And, you know, I'm always, I'm always amazed at people that sort of like either that, that insult them or even, or come after me for that attitude, for that, for, you know, staying in my lane, which is I'm a, you know, like I dabble in DFS and I do some other things as well. And I'm, you know, I do some player prop stuff, but you know, and it's, you know, I think I have good analysis, but you know, listen, I, I, I cater to, yes, I cater to the casual player and I'm happy with that. I enjoy that. 
it has bought me a house that has very high ceilings. <laughs> <laughs> The sign of a man's value. And also, we got to give some shout outs to Pete in the chat. People saying that uh, part of the reason that they like Pete is that he's made it more fun. I know that was part of what we wanted to do here um, was making a more fun show that also, you know, hopefully makes people a little smarter, feel a little sharper. Obviously, the ride or die picks that Pete's given out all year, not necessarily helping that end quite as much. But yeah. I would say besides that, you know, it is like it should be fun. And, you know, and I think, too, there is a bit of galaxy braiding that we talk about a lot. I know Pete does a lot in his content where you will end up talking yourself out of like Derrick Henry playing the Texans. And that's something a casual player you're you're just thinking like he's amazing they're terrible against the run why does it have to be more complicated than that and a lot of the times those people end up being right yeah that that's correct sometimes chalk is chalk for a reason i mean yeah sometimes chalk is chalk for a reason sometimes fantasy we make fantasy harder than it is now look the and this goes gets into game theory right derrick henry against the texans was not a bad play but uh, the the reason it, it, it the the argument for it being a bad play was that everyone is going to be on it, mm-hmm. right? It wasn't necessarily that like oh we don't we think the Texans are going to stop Derrick Henry or that Tannehill is going to have a huge game and they're just not going to run it. The argument against that is like again getting into sort of game theory and you're in bigger GPPs is that like hey we think he might have a thirty five percent ownership and you're better off you know playing somebody else, right? You know, uh, playing another running back. Playing Ty know? Montgomery. Ty Montgomery. <laughs> yeah. Although he was a little chalky too, but yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, that's sort of the, but that's the point. And to your point, Spags, about Peter, could not agree. I'm a massive Peter Overzet fan. I think he's terrific. I think he is, I think it is hard in our industry to be original. Um, there are a lot of people creating content and a lot of them, not all of them, but many of them are very derivative of somebody whether the derivative of me or the derivative of Mike Clay, or there, there's a lot of, I think people that are just very derivative, derivative mm-hmm. of Evan Silva. I see a lot of Evan Silva ripoffs out there. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I do not, I think Pete is somebody who is a true original voice. And I don't think that's easy to do, especially at any, in any kind of industry, but especially in the fantasy industry. So I'm a, I'm a massive fan of Peter. Uh, we do a little bit of business together. I'm hoping to do more with him. So um, yeah, he's uh, I'm a, I'm a big Pete fan. Wait until you see my wait till you see my triangle ceilings and then ask how original I am, Matthew. I'm not saying it pays well. You know, you're you're a little, you know, you're a little you're a little more Andy Kaufman than Robin Williams in terms of mainstream. You understand what I'm saying? But I enjoy it. Um, I, Spags, I think we, uh, I'm getting uncomfortable with this. Why don't we, <laughs> wait, no, what? first, can we, can we say something nice about me? Is there, ah, no, you're, <laughs> you, you, now we've all jerked off Pete. <laughs> no, you, you, yeah. I am so impressed that you've managed to become friends with Peter. <laughs> I'm such a big fan of Peter. So the fact that you're friends with Peter Spags, I think is really impressive. So that's Thank a, you. I think that's a positive for you. Look, I'll take what I can get at this yep. point. <laughs> so that's fine. We got to talk about one thing, though. I know we wanted to make yes. sure to hit about uh, your Washington football team. We have one segment we want to do with you, Matthew, which Peter might have briefed you on in advance. I to, but... I, we're good on time, so we can go as long as we need to. So, okay, yeah. sweet. So the Washington football team is the one we have to hit on first. This is your team here. And I would say, you know, uh, I would say if I were to list your highlights for the year, well, obviously them making the playoffs is one. You being early on Logan Thomas, pointing him out as a key guy, one of your highlights, one of the lowlights catching COVID, I think. Think of your season so that's how i would you know spell out what i saw from afar but you have the you have the football team now they're in the playoffs so you tell me how are you feeling about these guys here with the possible uh three guys questionable alex smith questionable antonio gibson questionable mclaurin as well uh maybe a dual qb situation i mean this is pretty much the most abject situation you could have for your favorite team to finally be back in the limelight 
See, now, do you want to talk DFS or you want to just talk just as a Washington fan? Just he was a fan, I think is fine. We want to know the real Matthew Barry. We don't need you to get too sharp here. Great. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> All your fans are blink, like, ooh, good. Um, yeah, you know what? Uh, I'm thrilled. I'm thrilled. Are you kidding me? This is all house money. We're playing with house money. Think about where we were in the offseason as a franchise. We got to get we got we got to get rid of we've got to get rid of our racist nickname. We finally get rid of that, right? There's multiple stories in the Washington Post that detail awful, horrific, uh, very credible allegations of mismanagement and uh incredibly poor treatment of employees, specifically female employees in the organization for years upon years. Um, and we, we are coming off of a, of a season where once again, we're looking for a new head coach, a new coaching staff, a new front office. Like, I mean, it was, this is as bad an off season as there has been in Washington DC. Right. I mean, and so, Come in with Ron Rivera. And, oh, they, and we were like, oh, my God, we got Ron Rivera, previous coach of the year candidate, right? And he's going to bring a staff. And we've got Jack Del Rio and, and Scott Turner. And suddenly, okay, now there's like a real staff. Holy crap. And then you're like, oh, and now Coach Rivera's got cancer, right? And, and then, I mean, like, so when you think about then, and then they had to, you know, and, and it, it made sense because they'd invested a lot in Dwayne Haskins, but now they got to start Dwayne Haskins. And now you got like, you know, like, Dwayne Haskins is, you know, doing dumb stuff off the field as well. Darius Geis, people don't even remember Darius Geis. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm barely you old know, enough to remember. His stupidity. <laughs> and, like, so when you think about everything that Washington is a franchise and the fans of Washington have been through over the past 20 years, right, and the whole Bruce Allen regime, which is one of the worst, you know, over the time, you know, like it was like I want to say the fifth losingest record you know, uh, over Bruce Allen's uh, tenure. The fact that we're in the playoffs after a season in which the Washington team had to use four different quarterbacks. <laughs> I mean, like we used four different quarterbacks and we used four different quarterbacks. It's a It's a team that is more or less devoid of talent in a lot of areas. And so the fact that we're playing a home playoff game against Bruce Arians and Tom Brady, like it's gravy, man. Like anything we get, because here's for me, like would love to win, love to win. And I think there's a chance, but even if we get blown out, who cares, man? Like we made the playoffs. We've got, we've all of a sudden we've got a really legit defense. Like we thought there was potential in that defense, but now we know like that's a real defense. That's a real defense. Mm -hmm. Like, and we, you know, obviously the defensive line and chase young is a monster, right? But, curl in the secondary is a real find as well like we've suddenly got a real defense and we could i wouldn't mind adding a piece or two to the secondary but like antonio gibson has worked out mclaurin is a stud logan thomas my 101 as pete overzets knows my my logan thomas has turned into a real thing we're out we're out of Dwayne haskins like all of a sudden you're like there's a path here there's a path and there's legitimate hope for this franchise. And I think the new team president, Jason Wright, has set the right tone. And there's still a lot to make up for and to atone for, for everything that's happened previous to this year. And I think the team will ultimately do that. Um, but, like, suddenly there's – I'm thrilled. I'm thrilled. 
I'm thrilled. McLaurin's questionable, whatever. Alex Smith is out there on one leg. Who cares? <laughs> Man, like, Alex Smith is the story of this. Alex Smith, who was told he might die, who was told they might have to amputate, who was told he might never walk again, was told he was never playing football again, who had to go through 17 surgeries in an 18-month period, is going to start a playoff game. Like, he's comeback player of the year and named the award after him. Like, that's as good a story as there's been in the NFL this year. And so, yeah, I don't know if, I don't, you know, Alex is 36 and I don't think he's the long-term answer, but it's an amazing story and is a great teammate. And could we find a young guy next year that Alex can help groom and mentor? You know, we'll see where we wind up, but I think there's going to be some interesting names. You know, Matthew Stafford's going to be available. Maybe Matt Ryan's available. Maybe Carson Wentz is available. Maybe Deshaun Watson's available. He's not going to be available. But you know what I mean? Like, so there's, you know, Anyway, that's a long filibuster about, you know, I will accept no negativity about Washington. And honestly, the score on Saturday does not matter. It is, it's, it's all found money. I, I think they're, I think they're very live. The things they do with that defensive pass rush. I mean, really to me, it's just, is McLaurin, Alex Smith and Antonio Gibson, you know, fully healthy and ready to go? Because if they are, I mean, I think, and I saw some trends too. Home dogs in the playoffs have been incredibly live. Like I, I don't think anyone should write off uh, Washington in this spot. No. And I'll say this, Peter, I think that if they were playing somebody that wasn't Tom Brady, if they were just playing the Buccaneers as constructed and it was just random quarterback, I'd really like their chances. Like it was Matt Ryan instead of Tom Brady. Like, <laughs> yeah. no, just in, not like, not, that's no insult to Matt Ryan, No, no, but, no. Just, but I mean like a non-mobile older quarterback who's a, a you know a traditional pocket passer because they can get pressure and that's one of the reasons why their secondary has played so well is because the the team is able to get significant pressure without blitzing and so um you know like can they squeak out enough in the offense like i think it'll be a close game and i do think there would be other teams that would sort of take them for granted you know i don't know if you guys saw this on twitter but it's you know today is the 10-year anniversary of beastquake of the, of the Marshawn Lynch, you know, the amazing run in the playoffs. And I noted, uh, Field Gates, my, my, my podcast po- co-host brought that up. And I noted that, that that run, that beast quake run, came in a game in which the 79 Seahawks, the, the, the Seattle Seahawks had made the playoffs at seven and nine, a similar situation to Washington this year where they'd, they'd won a, a weak division with a bad record. And they were playing on the road at New Orleans. The Saints were the defending Super Bowl champs in, in 11 and 5 that year. And Seattle won that game. Everyone's just like, Seattle shouldn't be in the playoffs. This is a joke. It's a farce. We got to realign. And then Seattle goes into New Orleans and wins the game. So, you know, any given Saturday night, something can happen, right? I'll Amen. give you some a little more hope here too. And one thing that I'm going to point out that I love too was Chase Young kind of being enthusiastic about the prospect of going against Tom Brady. And uh, Tom Brady, I think the one thing that gives me some pause for the Bucks' chances this week, and knowing what we know of the Washington Football Team, they get a lot of pressure, like Matthew just mentioned. Brady under pressure this year, three percent interception rate, fifty-four point five QB rating. He's been very inaccurate. It's a fifty-eight percent accuracy rating according to PFF. Um, so that's some data there where. I think there's reason to have some hope. I mean, the the a lot of things lining up against the football team, but that's been the case all year, like you just said. So I'm intrigued to see what happens. I do think this, in terms of underdog bets, to me, this one might be the most live one of the weekend. I think so. Like eight and a half is is the line still at eight and a half? I haven't checked recently. My dog. Yeah, I think it was as of this morning. Yeah. Pop on. Um. Uh. This is Cooper. Uh, <laughs> oh, we got the dog. What's the dog's name? Cooper. Cooper. Oh, oh okay. I knew that. 
Look at this, Cooper in the house. Cooper, Cooper. Yeah, like, finally, he's been wait He's the one waiting to be on camera with me. He's more of a Spags guy. Everybody yes, else is. Is, that, is, he, um, is he named after uh, Amari Cooper or Cooper Rush? He, yeah, he's actually named after neither. And people are like, oh, you're a little Cooper pup. He, my kids named him, and I don't know. My kids named him, and they thought he. There's a kid they go to school with named Cooper that they thought he looked like, which I don't know. <laughs> You know, tough scene for that kid, Cooper. For that kid. So, but yes, my 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 now nine year old daughters. We got them. We've got them about four years ago. So, like, you know, my daughters were five at the time, and so they named him Cooper. Um. So, uh, yeah. So anyway, like, I yes, I, Brady is bad under pressure. I think they can get pressure. You know, the concerns there are are is Washington be able to run the ball? That defensive front of Tampa Bay is so strong. I think they're gonna have to get creative. I do think just as we pivot to um that they do if we pivot to dfs here i think jd mckissick is a really interesting play here just because i think they'll be trailing obviously they're underdogs when washington is trailing they play at a much faster pace and given alex smith in that gimpy leg or what even if it's taylor heineke like i just think there's gonna be i don't think they'll be able to run the ball right and so the way they're gonna run the ball as i use air quotes for people listening to this the way they're gonna run the ball is those dump off passes that they love to do right, where they they do misdirection and they pass it back. So I just think it's just going to be a lot of dump-offs to J.D. McKissick and Antonio Gibson. And I I haven't looked at the prices um, uh, yet, but I assume McKissick would be much less expensive than Gibson. Yeah, we're going to make you, we're going to put you or your feet to the fire for your okay. actual picks for that game coming up. But sure. we want to do a bit here up top because, you know, Matthew, you're known for fantasy football, but really the thing that I know you most for is your internationally acclaimed performance in Avengers Endgame. And I think, right. you know, your affiliation with the Avengers brand, you're in the fantasy league, though. Uh, Chris Evans beat you, right? Both Chris's beat you. So uh, strong showing for the Chris's in that league. No, that's not true. Take that back. Um, <laughs> neither Chris beat me this week year. I finished third. So I finished third. Um, uh, where are you I getting mean, your data spags? I thought I saw like a page six headline that was like Evans beats Hemsworth in final of the superior Chris yeah, of Avengers. Well, so I yes. haven't followed the league closely personally. That's my mistake. Oh yes. No, no, no. So Chris Pratt in a head to head. So here's what happened. Um, Chris Evans beat Chris Hemsworth in the playoffs mm. and ended up getting to play me. Chris Pratt beat Chris Evans. There's a picture of me on set uh, at rehearsal. Uh, the person to your back, if you're watching this, the person to your who's who's back to you is Anthony Russo, one of the directors, and that's obviously uh, Chris Hemsworth, uh, Robert Denny Jr., myself, uh, rehearsing our scene. Um, and uh, what happened is, is that then Chris Pratt beat Chris Evans in the semifinal game. I was playing a guy named Siam, uh, Simu Liu. Simu Liu is the star of the upcoming Shang Chi, which is going to uh -huh. be in the MCU. People aren't aware of him. He's uh, big star overseas. I think he's going to be a big star here in America once that movie comes out. But anyway, so I was playing Simu Liu in one semi and Evans versus Pratt in the other semi. Um, had I played either Evans or Pratt in that semi, I would have won. But unfortunately, I played Simu Liu, who started uh, DeAndre Swift, um, got that uh, baloney overtime rushing touchdown from Justin Herbert on that Thursday night game against the Raiders. And uh, I got no touchdowns from my from uh, from Chris Carson, from Mike Davis, um, from Terry McLaurin, from Allen Robinson. Like I had a good team. It's an it's a fourteen team league, but uh, ultimately I did have Dalvin Cook. He showed up for me. I did have Josh Allen. He showed up for me. But the challenge was at the tight end spot, and I had Eric Ebron. Oh. And so that was the Monday night game against Cincinnati. 
Going into Monday night, I'm down 9.5 fantasy points in three of the previous four, four of the past six. Eric Ebron had scored double-digit fantasy points. And he's playing the Bengals, who give up the second-most fantasy points to opposing tight ends. I should be okay, right? Anything can happen. It's fantasy football. But going into Monday night, I liked my chances. First target gets Big Ben throws in a triple coverage. Ebron takes a shot to the back. He's out for the game. I'm done. And, you know, I don't want to say who's for or against, but that game, losing that, cost $30,000 in charity money to the Jimmy V Foundation for Cancer Research because it was a, it's a charity league presented by FanDuel, um, the Agbo Super League presented by FanDuel. So appreciate FanDuel putting up the money. So there's a million dollars in charity money up for grabs. And, you know, listen, does Ben hate cancer? Who's to say? <laughs> I, we may never know. Did, did he, that- because Simu Liu got, earned an extra $30,000 for UNICEF Canada. And it, UNICEF I, Canada, obviously, a great organization. It's a great charity. But it's Canadian, right? Ben, and like, so did Ben do that on purpose? <laughs> did Ben do that on purpose to give the money to UNICEF Canada, a non-American charity? Or did he do that? I, I don't know. It, Matthew, I think... I think you have one option. I think Big Ben either puts up the $30,000 and matches it, or you have to challenge him to a boxing match. That's really kind of how we handle these fantasy versus player beefs these days. Yes, that's, that, I've noticed that. I feel like there's somebody else that has the whole challenging a football player to a boxing match kind of <laughs> angle taken care of. So I'll, I'll stay in my own little lane here. No, obviously I'm joking about all that. But then I played in the third, just to answer your questions, Bags, I then played in the, the third place game against Chris Evans, and I was down, but Monday Night Miracle, Josh Allen, huge game, boom shakalaka, brings me back, and ultimately, I won $110,000 for the Jimmy V Foundation for Cancer Research. There you go. That's actually, that's very right. impressive. And, and, you know, kudos to them for, for FanDuel for putting the money up and for you guys for all playing in it. And, and also to you for, you know, it's in pro wrestling, it's always a thing where the older talents don't want to put up the, put over the young up and comer. And you put over the new Shang-Chi before he's even got a movie in theaters. That's, that's really giving of you too. hundred percent. Honestly, I should have beaten him. I should have beaten him. I'm so upset. At, never again with Eric Ebron. <laughs> and it wasn't even his fault. Like I'd love to get mad at Ebron, but like, whatever. He tried to make a play in triple coverage. It's a bad throw by Ben. Like, yeah. Yeah, never heard that before with Ben. Yeah, exactly <laughs> but, we right. to do- but you know what? what? Listen, it, it was, I will say this. Here's the, the, the cool thing about, I mean, there's a lot of cool things about it, obviously, but it's a super fun league. Like Chris Pratt texted me for advice during the draft. He was, I was picking, um, I think I had the, like the fourth pick. Uh, I, I take that back. I had the seventh pick. Dalvin Cook fell to me, thank God. And he had like the 14th pick, something like that. And, uh, uh, maybe I had the sixth, I forget, but we were opposite ends. And he texts me during the draft. He's like, Hey dude, like, you know, what should I do? Is this bad? Like, cause we're in this league together. And I'm like, dude, it's a league for charity. Let me help you out. <laughs> you know? So, I mean, and so it's a super fun league. It's, you know, we all want to win obviously for bragging rights and for our charity, but um, you're raising money for charity. You're raising awareness around all these causes as well, which is great. And, you know, and they're all into it. I mean, that's the cool thing is it's like Evans and Pratt. All these guys are like, they're into it. You know what I mean? Like some of them are better players than others, but they're all into it. And that's, you know, that's ultimately, again, talking about what we talked about at the top of the show in terms of like casual players and bringing people into the tent. Like I saw some people like, again, when they'd see lineups, because it's a 14 team league, but we didn't play with, um, we played with one flex, but no kicker, no defense. So we didn't do super flex, but we also didn't do kicker and defense. So to sort of, you know, so that, 
the, and the benches are a little shallow. And people like, ah, you know, not a real league. Or it's, and I'm just like, man, like if you're in the fantasy football industry in any way, shape, or form, having Robert Downey Jr. and Chris Evans and Ryan Reynolds and Tom Holland and Chris Pratt, you know, and Elizabeth Olsen, you know, <laughs> talk about fantasy football to their 26 million social followers is a great freaking thing. No like, way, man. If Ryan Reynolds isn't streaming defenses, then I just don't care about this league. That's right. There you go. Exactly. <laughs> right. If he, the only cash game Ryan Reynolds, Reynolds knows is playing yeah, dice in an alleyway. Matthew didn't go zero RB is outrageous. Like, <laughs> All right, Spags. Should we get to some comps here? Avengers yeah. comps? So this was the bit that we were hoping to do. We wanted to do compare NFL playoff uh, fantasy guys, really. Uh, so the fantasy viable ones, we're not talking defense players. We don't we don't need to do that and introduce that wrinkle here. But we wanted to compare them to the Avengers. It's what Matthew knows uh, near and dear to his heart. Obviously, haven't seen these guys on set. What was the Hulk like on set? That's what I really want. <laughs> uh, I did not interact with the Hulk. I did interact with Mark Ruffalo very briefly. Um, the particular scene that I'm in he w was shot sort of separately because he's in the, the, you know, kind of the, the green screen. You know, yeah. he's got, you know, all the dots on him and everything like that. Um, so we shot him at separate times. Uh, so I just met him briefly, but he was very nice. That's what matters, really. I, I, the CGI Hulk, I assume, also. Yeah. Great yeah. guy. Fun to have coffee with. Fun to see him around catering to, having sips from little cappuccino yeah. cups. Uh, but who would he compare to? I think the obvious one that Pete and I talked about over text was Derrick Henry. But, but Matthew, what comes to mind for you? Derrick Henry's an easy one, but also not a guy, you know, he runs violently, but he's not a guy who looks mad. Seems pretty cool and composed to me. So is there a yeah, better... I mean, Derrick Henry would be the... Derrick Henry, sort of the... Um, uh, sort of the obvious guy. I mean... I don't know. Can I say Chase Young? Ooh, okay. Yeah, we. I hadn't thought about the defensive side of the ball. They they are angrier, I think, on the defensive line. I don't know. Like, yeah, I'm just looking at. I mean, like, Chase Young's a bad man, boys. Chase mm -hmm. Young is a bad, bad man. Pete, do you have one? One a Hulk for you? You know what? I was. I was still saying on the offensive side of the ball, I feel like Jonathan Taylor has been doing some baby Derrick Henry impressions here. Maybe he goes full Hulk mode on the Bills. But uh, I, I like the defensive angle there. And by the way, I was going to say, if you're going to give me someone else, how about Gronk? Like, you know, he'd be a little happier, but like, I, could, I can see Gronk looking like that. See, so my go. pick, which I thought about, I landed on today when doing our little show prep was Philip Rivers, you know, really a guy that gets angry, except the exact opposite level of effectiveness for Philip Rivers, where he's just throwing shucks around on the sidelines, throwing picks at the same time. Um, so really, if you want a Hulk, a guy with all the anger and none of the results, I think that's what Philip Rivers would be. All right. All right, next one up. How about Captain America? This is one that Pete and I also debated a little here. And to be clear, just very briefly, uh, but we wanted to, oh, you're going to Iron Man? Oh, no, oh, sorry. No, I'm tapping over. <laughs> Captain America here on the screen. And Pete, what was your comp? Because I felt like it was a pretty good one. Maybe the obvious one. Yeah, I feel like the obvious is Tom Brady. Right, uh, right you know, and uh, the Hulk. Do the I'm not a big comic book nerd guy, so I don't know the lore. Does the Hulk ever smash uh, Captain America? Because we could have the Chase Young on Tom Brady action here. Uh, they feud the, a little. They, they fight, you know, like brothers would. Correct. He, he has more of a thing for Thor in the movies than he does mm -hmm. for Captain America, but you know, he, he's Hulk. He's a little, he, he's, he's more controlled now, but earlier in the, in the MCU, he was out of control and just didn't like anyone. So yeah, sure. A little bit. All right. Matthew, anybody else come to mind of you besides the obvious, the obvious Brady? Brady's the, uh, Brady's the obvious guy. The only other guy that would come to mind would be Russell Wilson. Yeah. Again, mm -hmm. sort of like, you know, leader 
clean cut, you know, everyone looks up to just, you know, really enthusiastic. Um, but obviously, you know, got tons of superpowers as well. So yeah. uh, Russell Wilson would be the other guy that I would think. My pitch is that the old Tom Brady or the old Captain America would be Tom Brady, the one that's aged at the end of Endgame, that's given up, given up his shield, passing it along. And then here's the fun wrinkle I threw in. He then gives his shield to the younger, cooler version, Patrick Mahomes, our new Captain America for this generation. I think it works perfectly. There Not you bad. go. Yeah, I do like the Russell Wilson. Captain America strikes me as someone who would wait to have sex until he was married as well. And so I think I think it works out. Sure, he's just a good boy. Next one up, Thor is the one that we needed to get to. And this one, honestly, Pete and I didn't even talk about this. I don't know who it would be, but I would say who's incredibly overpowered, but but also easily distracted from the main quest because he's so overpowered. Like, is this is it Michael Thomas, maybe, where he just he couldn't get there all year long, couldn't hang out. And now he's back in for the final scene and he's gonna wreck some things, maybe. Oh, Michael Thomas is um, Michael Thomas is interesting, but um, I was gonna say um, so. Um, what about Josh uh, Allen? Oh, Josh Ooh. Allen is interesting too. I, I mean, I was gonna say like this would also be a good one for Gronk. <laughs> Thor would be sort of a a good one for Gronk because Thor is the god of light, is the god of lightning and thunder. Um, and so I'm just trying to think of like who's lightning and thunder, like. You could, you know, certainly Derrick Henry makes sense. Jonathan Taylor, you know, Chris Carson mm. might be a guy as well. Um, oh, I'll tell you who this is. I'll tell you exactly who this is. This is DK Metcalf. That's okay. Who that is. That's DK. That's DK Metcalf. DK Metcalf flying through air. Seems superhuman. Seems like a, doesn't seem like he's of this earth. DK Metcalf. Give me DK Metcalf for Thor. Yeah, and then when he's getting shadow covered, those are like when Thor has to go on a random side adventure just to keep the movie going. Uh, so I go. think that checks out. Um, here's one that I don't really know where we can go at all, but my girlfriend found it very important to include her in this, and I want to ensure that we're getting proper representation for the women. Black Widow, she's small, doesn't have any actual powers besides just a life of torture, I guess, and she's still beloved by everybody. Uh, for me, it screams Tyreek Hill, I guess, or or John Walford, maybe if we if we get him this week. <laughs> wow, well, I don't know who's more insulted there. Um, I'll tell you who this is, and you're gonna think I'm crazy, but uh, I think it's Lamar Jackson. Ooh. Here's why: Lamar Jackson. So the thing about Black Widow and Scarlett Johansson's uh, character Natasha Romanoff, she's a spy. That she doesn't have any, quote, superpowers, but she's a trained assassin. She's always underestimated. She um, she can do many different things, right? She's, you know, in terms of in terms of her ability to dress up, to, to get information. Um, you know, she's an expert marksman. She's also, like, she's great in hand-to-hand -hand combat. So you think about Lamar Jackson underestimating coming into the NFL as a, as a passer, underestimated as a quarterback prospect wins the MVP award, you know, and you have to use a spy defense against Lamar Jackson because he is so mobile mm. because he can do so many different things. So, uh, you know, and by the way, much like Natasha Romanoff, Scar uh, Scarlett Johansson, Lamar Jackson, also a fan favorite. So there you go. I like it. Pete, do you have one? Actually, I first we have to point out, by the way, um, there's always a thing with uh, you know comparisons in the draft of new players come in where you know the cross racial lines. The thing we have now cross racial and gender lines for a comp, which I think the the I, most 2021 thing we could bags, do. Is I don't see I don't see gender or race. I get that you do. I understand. The, 
This um, is a necessary. Pete and I don't. Pete and I don't. <laughs> no. In, in fact, Matthew, it's a necessary uh, over course correction for Spags nearly getting us canceled on every <laughs> single show. So I'm glad someone is finally woke on this show. Yeah, thank you. Pete, do you have one here or do you want to move on to Iron Man? Wait, I was just going to toss out Naheem Hines, the sneaky Ooh. guy. You know, maybe everyone's on Jonathan Taylor. Maybe they get down. Maybe it's the little jitterbug, uh, Naheem Hines, uh, spying uh, his way to a victory for the Colts. I like it. I like it. And he's got that booty. <laughs> so we know about Naheem Hines. That's what I'm go. talking about. <laughs> Last one, Iron Man, of course, the leader, the one who makes the greatest sacrifice of all to ensure that the rest of the world can go on is our our hero, Iron Man. And uh, Pete, I'm going to throw to you here because I honestly couldn't think of one. And uh, I want to get Matthew some time to come up with a good one. Is is he Aaron Rodgers? Mm, so so is his sacrifice just losing early so that the other younger guys? Wow. Can <laughs> it might be Drew Brees. It might be Drew Brees sacrificing himself at the altar of, of Mitchell Trubisky <laughs> to have a lovely, <laughs> fun playoffs. <laughs> so I'm going to say um, I'm actually if I if I use Russell Wilson for Captain America, which I did, then give me Tom Brady as Iron Man. So okay. what is what? First off, so Iron Man is Tony Stark, right? Billionaire, playboy, philanthropist, genius. Isn't Tom Brady like all those things actually as well? Maybe but, not genius, but maybe not philanthropist. <laughs> Close. I'm sure. I'm sure Tom Brady gives plenty to charity. Um, uh, I literally just saw him. Didn't he just retweet the barstool fund? Like he's going to give money to like. Yeah, well, yeah, I think he retweeted the TB12 method being promoted, and I don't know that uh, placebo health remedies are quite the same as charity. But you know, if if it works, it works. I like wow. the fact after. Um, uh, after going semi-racist, Spags, you then decided to actually also go. <laughs> I did not go racist. racist. I was going anti-racist. <laughs> yes, for anyone tuning in, lady, I'm making a joke. He did not say anything racist. No. Um, he did slag Tom Brady, however, and I'm not going yes. to go there. Um, look, what he did, what what Tony Stark did with Iron Man, is sort of remade himself. You know, remade himself indestructible. Created this. Um, uh, created this iron suit around him. And so for Tom Brady to be playing in a playoff game at age 43, everyone thought he was done. Same with Tom, with same with Tony Stark. If you watch the end of, you know, the, you know, the first Iron Man, people were writing him off, reinvented himself, um, you know, created the suit of armor. Um, and so, yes, he is sort of billionaire, playboy, philanthropist, uh, genius or at least the closest, I think, that is there in the NFL to, to hit all four of those categories. So all those things combined, plus the fact that he just, you know, he's clearly smart, he calculates everything um, uh, at, a, at a very high rate. Just um, and, and you mentioned the ultimate sacrifice. I don't know, like, he made a pretty big, to the extent that a football player can make a sacrifice. Um, uh, I would say... Uh, moving from New England to Tampa Bay is a pretty big risk, right? I mean, so yeah. so that's what he did. He 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 sacrificed himself. He he took the risk of snapping. Sorry, we're ruining Avengers for anyone. But he, <laughs> of of, of uh, snapping um, the Infinity Gauntlet and seeing you know to try to, to to kill Thanos, not knowing what it would would happen to him, and probably likely that he would die. But so uh, I would say I would say Iron Man would either be. Tom Brady, or if we're just talking about, you know, rebuilt and needing help and, you know, Tony Stark's not a superhero. He's not a superhero until he puts on the iron suit. Alex Smith. Mm -hmm. There we go. Would also be, I mean, like Alex Smith had to be rebuilt from the ground up, you know, as well. 
It um, seems it sounds like you see a Iron Man in a lot of people, Matthew. You know what? You know what you are, Pete? Similar to Iron Man. <laughs> very similar to, you know, I just feel like you're very similar to Iron Man. He's always got the funny one-liners. You've got the funny one-liners. Playboy, billionaire, philanthropist. Billionaire, philanthropist, genius. Like you're all those things, Pete. Yeah. Um, you know, like when I think about the kind of things that you do on TikTok, um, <laughs> you know, is it, you know, um, Iron Man, you know, you're a, you know, you're a, you know, you're a showdown thought leader, just Thank like, you. you know, uh, just like Iron Man is when he gets into a showdown, he's always thinking through. So yeah, there's a lot of similarities, I think. Between yeah. Me and Iron Man are the Spider-Man meme, just looking at each Pretty other. Much. Like this. Yeah. I just wanted to say this line was in the back of my head the entire time we moved away from Tom Brady, but Tom Brady building his Iron Man suit out of deflated footballs feels like half a bit guys. Just think about wow. it. <laughs> he's really coming after Brady really here. Matthew. Brady. Yeah. <laughs> That's, Look, I'm doing it I for you, not, Matthew. For doing it for I the football team, for Chase Young and the boys. <laughs> what? I'm doing it for the football team. That's why I got to defend. Go. Got to defend our our NFC East, our beloved NFC East. There All right, go. let's do some hot take picks here. Yeah, let's let's get to it here because Matthew's got some stuff to do here. We'll make sure we cover everything we need to just in case there's any overlap. But first game up, Matthew. Actually, Pete, explain the rules to Matthew real fast for the ride or die picks because he needs to know how it goes. Obviously, with these new streets here on Splash Play. Yeah, I prepped him on it. We each give a one hot take for the game. It can be a player outscoring another one over X amount of fantasy points in a winning DFS lineup can be anything. And then we grade it based on how aggressive it is. So anything is fair game here. I have been getting buried this year. So I'm going to keep shooting three pointers from deep trying to, to get even. Okay. Yeah. So there you go. So let's start off. I'll I'll slate each game as we go along. And I I got about, I got about five, seven minutes here. Okay. So we'll we'll make this fast. First game up Indianapolis, 22 and a half implied points, Buffalo, 29 implied points over under 51 and a half. Uh, This one for me, I will take Stefan Diggs in the millionaire maker winning lineup. I feel like that's unavoidable uh, to quote my, my good friend Thanos. Okay. So, so I'm just making a prediction about this game. Yes. Yep. Prediction about this game is um, Philip Rivers is a top four fantasy quarterback for the entire six, the entire weekend. I like it. Okay, I like it. I am going to get super ballsy. I'm going to say Michael Pittman outscores Stefan Diggs. Ooh, okay. All right. Well, that was a spiteful. Next game up, Rams getting 19.8 implied points. Uh, the Seattle Seahawks, 22.8 implied points. Over under 42 and a half. Jared Goff, real fast, practicing. Uh, does seem, though, the over under here seems to indicate that it might be more of a Wolford day. And I'm going to believe, I'm going to go this way instead and pray that John Wolford is a starter here and that John Wolford wins by 10 points here. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. Wins the game by 10 points? Yep. All right. There you um, go. What's yours, Matthew? Uh, let's see. So it's just got to be a. Um, uh, you can just take the spread too if you want. What What is the spread? Uh, three points uh, favoring Seattle. Yeah, I, I would take Seattle on the points. I think Seattle. Okay. I think Seattle wins this game outright. Yeah, I'm with Matthew on the Seattle train. I will play it as uh, DK Metcalf in the winning Millie Maker lineup. He ain't scared of Jalen Ramsey this weekend. All right, and then we'll, Matthew, you can jump off after this one here because this is your football team. So we'll, we'll do the Sunday part of the of things without you. But Tampa Bay, 26 implied points. Washington, 18 and a half implied points. Over under a 44 and a half. And Matthew, it would only be right to let you go first here to make your ride or die pick. Uh, I'm going to say... Uh, uh, my ride or die pick for this game is... 
Washington defense outscores the Tampa Bay defense. Ooh, okay. I love that. Uh, I'm going to stay on this train. I am going to say Logan Thomas, Matthew Berry's 101 for season-long leagues, outscores Chris Godwin. I'm going to say Terry McLaurin over 20 fantasy points. I do believe this defense is not good enough to keep up with a guy like McLaurin, assuming he's in. Uh, but Matthew, we thank you so much for doing the show. I, I know you got. If we you, do it at this pace, I can do the next three unless you guys want to get deeper. In oh no, no, no! If you can do the next three, then we'll get some. Yeah, let's, let's finish right. it off. So Baltimore, 28.8 implied points. Tennessee, 25.8 implied points. Over under a 54 and a half. Uh, Pete, you go first. You haven't gone first at all. Yeah, so I will say the J.K. Dobbins train continues to roll. He's over 20 DraftKings points this weekend. All right, Matthew, what do you want in this one with Baltimore and Tennessee? Link Tennessee wins this game. Give me the Titans. Okay, Tighten so up. an outright win for Tennessee. I will take, uh, man, I'll take Lamar Jackson over 133 rushing yards, Pete. <laughs> there you go. It's a big number. That's a 10-pointer if he gets it. Chicago, next game up, 19 implied points. At New Orleans, 28.5 implied points. New Orleans expected to have both Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara back. Over under a 47.5 in this one. Uh, Matthew, you can go first. There are two tight end touchdowns in this game. I'm going to say Jared Cook and Jimmy Graham both get into the end zone. Ooh. I like it. Uh, all right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play a By money line. Oh, go ahead. It being Cole Komet and Adam Trotman. By the way, that's what's going to happen. But I'm. We'll let you have it. team tight end. <laughs> yeah. Did I take tight team tight? If I can take team tight end, I'll take team tight end. But I believe e a tight end for each team scores, and I'll I'll say it's going to be Graham and Cook. I think we are going to see an upset special here. Mitch Trubisky goes in. The Chicago Bears win on the road outright in the Superdome. I actually like that pick too. And I will take, uh, I'll, I'll hinge on that. Allen Robinson over 20 fantasy points, uh, questionable, the hamstring injury, but hard to see him not playing in that game. And uh, I agree, Pete. I think new Orleans right for an upset last game on this wild card weekend, Cleveland, 20.8 implied points, Pittsburgh, 26.8 implied points over under 47 and a half. And Matthew, what do you want in this one? Uh, Baker Mayfield over, uh, I'm going to say Baker Mayfield. No, no, no. Actually, I'm going to go off of Baker. Hang on for a second. Baker Mayfield over three interceptions. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. Um, I'm going to say uh, Chase Claypool over 20. Oh, oh I'll, no, no, I'll do a Pete one. Chase Claypool part of the Millie Maker lineup. Ooh, there you go. I'm right, so Pete, jealous because I was going to do a Chase Claypool one. I absolutely love it. Um, yes, I will say... I will say Austin Hooper uh, is the leading score for the Browns. That's not Baker. And uh, I will do what I thought I was going to do with Pete because I Pete, Pete loves Chase Claypool. So now, Matthew, I'm going to troll you with my pick. Deontay Johnson over 20 fantasy points, uh, stealing that Claypool love as he's done all year long. Matthew, give us the plugs here. Obviously, ESPN, you're doing uh, the Fantasy Focus podcast. You, your column's on ESPN Plus now, I'm sure. Uh, the people that you get on Twitter, I'm sure, loved that they have to pay for that now. But worth every penny, I would say. Uh, what else should people check out here now that you're out of they your regular the, season grind? They should check out the Fantasy Life app. Um, and you know what? Actually, this is a DFS podcast, so I think you guys would enjoy rotopassdaily.com. So it is uh, rotopassdaily.com is exactly what you think it is. It's a, it's a you know, uh, multiple DFS sites starting with uh, with Numberball and, and Jeff Collins and all his great stuff. You also get ESPN Plus, so you get access to my work, Al Zeidenfeld's work, Mike Clay's work, um, as well. So rotopassdaily.com, uh, for the rest of the playoffs, be good, you know, just get a 
uh, one month subscription there. Um, that'll be really good. And the other thing is, is fantasylife.com newsletter. So Pete Overzet, if you're a fan of Peter, check out our fantasylife.com newsletter. Peter writes it, does a great job with it. You can just go to fantasylife.com slash newsletter. It's 100% free. Fantasy news analysis, nuttiness from Peter uh, every single day. So uh, check that out. He does bring a lot of nuttiness. That's the one thing we know yes. about Peter. The comedy king, some call him. <laughs> Stop. Thank you for doing Not the show, all. Matthew. We, we appreciate it a bunch, and and hopefully you get some sanity back now the regular season's over. Yeah, I hope so, guys. But uh, enjoy the podcast. You guys have done a great job. Uh, look forward to doing it again, and congratulations on all of your success, including you, Spags. You know I love you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank, Thank you, my you, friend. I appreciate you. Good luck to Washington football team. We're rooting for him. Hail to the Washington football team. All right. Bye, Matthew. <laughs> All right, there goes Matthew Barry, of course, the iconic Matthew Barry. That's what I will always call him. One of one of my favorite guys, and and really, you know, I, I'm sad I missed some of that soapboxing earlier with my PC. I I wanted to rant so bad, Pete, about it, but couldn't interrupt Matthew. Uh, but my it, PC starting again. I didn't realize it until you texted me that you were frozen because I was just looking at Matthew, and then I looked over, and you're like looking at your computer, just frozen in time. It is like honestly the most like the best time that could have happened. But I updated everything with Windows today. I told Pete because like you know this is a big show for us. We want to make sure to have a good impression. We like Matthew. Matthew's been very kind to both Pete and myself over the years. And uh, yeah, the the restart demon uh, attacks me once again. It's it hurts so much that. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Uh, it's all right. I you having to. It's like on the Swolecast. David Kitchen has internet issues every other show. You now having your Windows computer issues. It's it's um. It's basically the third member of Splash Play, <laughs> your true. computer issues. We, we fired uh, Trey, uh, who didn't might have never existed. Yeah. Willis is always lurking around, so he's also the third member, too. But really, the PC, uh, more of a factor in destroying yeah. our show than Willis could ever possibly be. You know, when the film heads are, uh, New York is actually like one of the characters in the movie, you know? <laughs> well, Spags' PC rebooting on him is just a featured player on Splash Play. It's like, I, I feel like this show exists more for me to get trolled. <laughs> than any other piece of content I do on a given week. Do we want to do the numbers don't lie in injury? Like I, injuries, I feel like we talked about as we went. Uh, um, I don't know. What do you want to hit on, Pete? Because I feel like it's sort of tough to follow up having one of the biggest names in fantasy you've ever existed on the show. Why don't we do, why don't we do troll play of the week? Because okay. I think on this slate, there's a lot of chalk on both of these. So maybe we do a troll play for each three-game slate. Okay. Uh, yeah. Let's. And uh, I want to get numbers don't lie in fast too. Yeah. So yeah. Let's, no, let's, let's do, do the troll play first, and we'll close the numbers don't lie because we teased it up top. I feel like it'd be rude to not give the folks that is one of our favorite games here. But who's your troll play for the Saturday slate? A three gamer, and um, and if you have any quick thoughts on how to approach a three game slate, I think for me it's more about finding one guy in a lineup to get different if you can under ten percent owned. I think would be the ideal move. Uh, but really, you know, just try to make good lineups for the most part. Pivot in one or two spots would be what I would suggest. But uh, give me your troll play, and if you have any three game slate thoughts go ahead um yeah i will say my troll play so i do think Diggs is going to be the highest owned guy on the saturday slate um i don't i want to see his practice report today he's been questionable with the abdominals some people are saying that he's been dancing on the side at practice and he's fine so maybe that's the case but if stefan Diggs were going to get trolled i will play out a scenario where uh cole beasley doesn't play and Isaiah McKenzie keeps his week 17 heroics running and uh, and ends up outscoring Diggs. I could see that being one of those troll plays where everyone is like, why is Lee Smith and Isaiah McKenzie scoring the touchdowns? 
See, to me, I think it's John Brown because I think Cole Beasley also being banged up isn't great. I think if anybody were to possibly miss this game, it would be Cole Beasley. I, I think he'll get in. He's a, he's a gamer, but a knee injury, they clearly ramped him down as the season ended, trying to get him healthier. That one blowout game where Diggs was still out there, Beasley wasn't, I think speaks to that pretty well. But I do think John Brown lurks as the troll play of all where he just hasn't been out there. We've seen Gabriel Davis have a role. John Brown catching two touchdowns to me would be the troll play of the Saturday slate. The reason I don't think he meets the criteria is Osmosum has the fourth highest own guy on the slate so he can't be oh. trolling people if he's in you know 45 percent of lineups true i guess you know what that's fair i didn't actually pull in the ownership for some reason which is my my mistake here amidst all the other snafus i had maybe um, gabe davis if you want to go that route yeah, I think Davis, you know, really the whole point I think that we're saying here is there's a decent possibility that somebody who's not digs goes off. I still will have a lot of digs, but yeah. it does seem ripe for gigantic total here. Indianapolis, probably not as good of a defense as people seem. Uh, for the Sunday slate, the troll play, I think the troll play is actually just Lamar Jackson and the fact that he keeps Derrick Henry off the field by dominating offensively. I think that's the one game script we could see where Henry doesn't get where he needs to go. And, uh, you know, to me, I, I think Tennessee obviously going to go to the pass game a little bit more if, if they are behind. But I think Baltimore putting it down here. This total to me, a 28.8 implied total for Baltimore, kind of shocking to see given what we've seen in them all year long. Yeah, I'm going to go with similar uh, line of thought. I mean, Mark Andrews is going to be super popular. Marquise Brown's going to be super popular and Lamar. And then if someone's playing a running back, they're playing Dobbins. So what does that mean happens? It means Gus Edwards gets two touchdowns <laughs> at the goal line. I feel like that's just the epic troll play and not even that out of the realm of, of question. So there are some troll plays and we appreciate all you guys watching live or after the fact, make sure you hit that like button and subscribe and all that. And let's do our numbers. Don't lie real fast because uh, frankly, I just need to get these stats out there. My chest. Yeah. yeah. I mean, look, I do the research for him. I, I don't want him to go to waste. They won't be useful next week, but Pete, three stats here. You're going to guess which two are true, which one is false. First one up, John Wolford may lose his chance to start a playoff game after single-handedly carrying the Rams in the wild card weekend. But if Jared Goff is inactive, there could be hope for Wolford. He threw eight passes of 20 plus yards in week 17, a mark that Goff only hit once this year. As I sound? Don't. I don't believe that. <laughs> I refuse to believe he threw the ball downfield. Put 20 yards eight times? Yep. I'm calling bullshit. If you were a game film grinder, you would know the answer, I think. But next one up, the playoffs have historically been a time for top defenses to shine. But one has gone under the radar all year as worse than people may realize. The Titans are the lone playoff team in the bottom of the top 10 of points allowed. They're ninth worst at 439 points allowed this year. And also fifth worst in yards allowed with 6,372. I buy that one. Their secondary has been atrocious. Basically, every pass game has gone off against them. So, yeah, I'm buying it. And the last one here that Pete will decide if it's true or a lie. There have been whispers of Patrick Mahomes having a bit of a lucky year with his leading the league and dropped interceptions. But his league leading 82.6% adjust completion rate, passes that got to the target with, uh, within a catchable range, shows that those concerns may be overstated when the Chiefs get back to action next week. Pete, you've heard them all. So which one's a lie? I think the first one's a lie. There, I will, I will lose my mind if John Wolford threw eight passes over twenty yards last week. John Wolford did, in fact, throw eight passes of twenty plus yards. The only time that Jared Goff did that was Week Six against the Niners. The the lie here is Patrick Mahomes. He actually is a, I think, the twentieth ranked QB according to adjusted completion rate. Yo, who's number one with that eighty two point six number that I just mentioned? I I guarantee you're not going to get it on your first guess. I don't know, fucking Ben DiNucci. <laughs> you know, honestly, Brett Rippon does rank pretty highly, but no, Taysom Hill, the highest adjusted completion rate in the league of QBs who played meaningful snaps. 
Wow. Wow. Hang on. I'm pulling up this Rams box score because this is just insane. So he threw 231 yards and his leading wide receiver was Cam Akers with 52 yards. So he's just chucking it downfield the whole game and no one's catching it. Uh, so there were, I mean, I think there should have been a couple more drops credited, but I think if you, well, if you looked at the air yards, it might tell you a little bit more about what he was doing, I think, but yeah, he was throwing it. I mean, he threw it deep a lot. It's just that it was always a little bit outside of Jared, uh, Gerald Everett's reach. I feel like in particular, um, yeah, I mean the target Van Jefferson, I know he targeted a couple times. Like he was moving the ball downfield, which is why I think against Seattle, if he plays, like, I think he's really live for DFS. I refuse to believe it. I'm going to go watch the all 22. I'm going to chart every pass just so I can come back and hopefully tell Spags he's wrong. <laughs> uh, we appreciate all the guys in the chat. Shout out Jason. Shout out our boy Willis. Of course, our accountant. Shout out Patrick McPhee. Um, Rin Pack, of course, do you missed your shout out early in the show where I credited you as being a top 15 player in the world. But really, everybody who showed up today, we do appreciate all of you guys coming on board, and joining us on these live shows. Can, can I say something about Rin Pack real quick that I meant to get in before? I just, I know his sixth grade self draft in three QBs is just, that's a losing <laughs> strategy in the long run. I did just want to get that off my chest. It's funny though, because like he legitimately, like you know obviously I, I do shows with awesome i they're they were founded by a team of top players rinpack orion has been like a guy who uh started i think you know a very good dfs player and he's now like better in terms of earnings you know roto grinders earnings i think can be tough to pinpoint but earning more than so many guys that you see out there you know touting their success puffing their chest out trying to sell names and all that uh so yeah, Rinpak. I think it's funny. Like, I wouldn't have expected him of all people, like a very numbers data oriented guy. And he just got in watching Nate Ravitz and Matthew Barry. Yeah, I mean, I, when I when I first got in too, I was I was reading Matthew Barry. I would watch the uh, the Yahoo guys. It was you know Brad Evans, Andy Barons, fun. Like everyone has their their gateway drug uh, into going down the the rabbit hole. And those guys have been the people that have been pulling us in since you know the mid two thousands. And swimming upstream for a while, like for us, for me and Pete to come in now, like Pete has so many things to make fun of because there's so many hours <laughs> of content. And like in the beginning, like who knew how to make this content and, and Barry stuck out. And a lot of those guys you mentioned too stuck out. Yeah, no, we stand on the shoulders of giants spag. <laughs> Uh, we and we are really uh, grateful to have Matthew Barry on. So thanks to him. Thanks to all you guys. Follow at Peter Overs at follow at Chris Bags. Follow at Splash Play Pod. First thousand followers on Twitter and Instagram get followed back. Maybe honestly, we might just do that forever because who cares? We we love you guys. We're we're glad to have you here. Pete, any plugs for you? You, I'm sure you have some shows going on this weekend. Yeah, I know. If you do want some more short slate strategy, I just did a show with Eric Bimefor uh, at Roto Grinders on my channel talking about short slate strategy and some in the weed stuff about these slates. If you want to check that out, and then tonight uh, the FFPC playoff challenge over on mm-hmm. Ship Chasing, we're doing a show breaking that down. They have a five hundred thousand dollar top prize, so we'll be talking about strategy for that tonight. Yeah, we love the ship. Obviously, Pete loves the ship chasing guys. I also love the ship chasing guys as well. A lot of fun doing stuff with them. I'll be on Osmo streams, I think, uh, not all weekend long, but I'll be doing the Sunday Live Before Lock show for NFL. And if you're playing NBA tonight, I'll be doing my DFS NBA stuff on their channel later today. We appreciate all you guys. Enjoy your weekend and good luck. Have a good wild card weekend. 